This is Seeds for Success, a show where we have a good yarn about ag life with producers who are having a go. On the show, you'll hear from farmers in New South Wales who are out there battling the elements, making tough calls and getting the job done. You'll get a laugh out of some of their stories and also pick up some know-how along the way. I'm your host, Narrily Brennan. Today, we're continuing our chat with Jenny and Jack Bradley. In the last episode, Jenny shared with us the history of her family farming business at New Tree, and along with Jack explained the importance of refining their sheep production practices as key to their success. In this episode, you'll hear that in recent years, they've focused on building their Borderlester seed stock enterprise. Jenny discusses how an innovation grant through local land services was the catalyst behind enhancing their recording of performance data for individual animals and how breeding objectives shape the style of animal they breed and how all of this is possible through the use of electronic or EID tags. You'll also hear Jack explain how the integration of new technologies not only reduces the labour component on-farm but helps eliminate human error in recording allowing them to analyse their performance data and make timely production-driven decisions about their breeding enterprise. Jack also explains that their ability to carefully select desirable traits and proven genetics has increased lamb survival, meat quality and optimal production games, helping them to effectively market their business and meet consumer expectations and demands. Local Land Service Mixed Farming Advisor, Rowan Leach sat down with Jenny and Jack at home on New Armatry to learn more about the importance of performance tested and measured animals for the future of our red meat industry. So you just mentioned EIDs there before. You guys are obviously using EIDs, electronic ID. Yes, in the seed stock especially, we put them at birth when we weigh them and using them as a tool they're a great tool we've got a smart draft the eids make sheep handling so much easier running them through drafts associating weaning weights to sheep on the go which obviously minimizes data entry time and stuff like that they're a good tool to have yeah the auto drafters eid and auto drafters changed all that genetic measurement and also looking at getting a panel reader to put in front of tools like scanning crates and stuff like that so we can... Apply it to our commercials, yeah. Yeah, minimise that time spent entering data or correlating it, just so much easier. What he's trying to say is human error, which is usually yeah. mine. We're reading numbers <laughs> and I read them back the front. <laughs> yeah. so I you just hate entering data. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be so many 514s put in as a full 51. Or, yeah. <laughs> Those palindromic numbers are really bad, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. And so what are some of the software technology or stuff like that that you might be using to sort of make use of a lot of that information? There's so many different programs and auto-drafters out there, but we did shop around and through an LLS innovation grant. Yeah. (laughs) Good plug. Thanks for that, Jenny. Which is a while ago. We've actually invested in a... Breed Elite. And the software program... Smart Draft and Way, I think it's called. Yeah, Breed Elite. And the program is the same. So they actually, it's easy to transfer, communicate. And the backup support, we've been over in the yards. Yeah, fantastic. If you have a connection error or something that doesn't work, straight away you ring them and it's fixed straight away. Their customer service is really, really good. And so... How does that information get portrayed to you? We're just having a quick little look at some Excel spreadsheets, which I love just before the podcast started, which conveyed a lot of information about your weaning rates and those sorts of things, lamb survival rates. How is that information from the program conveyed to you? 
So those Excel spreadsheets that we're looking at, we make them. And the EID data and stuff like that's all put through the Breed Elite program, which is then uploaded to Sheep Genetics. And then they correlate our data. And then we get given back individual performance of each sheep. Traits, yeah. The traits, yeah, it works well. Yeah, I guess it all comes back. If you don't measure, you don't know. You're just sort of guessing from year to year and... It's just good to see it on paper to see how things change and how hopefully you improve. Good to see that trend line tracking in the right direction. Yeah, especially when it's towards your objectives. Yeah, that's really powerful, isn't it? It is a powerful tool. So what sort of other information are you collecting on your borders then? I think it's about 11 individual measurements in a 12-month period for each individual animal. And that's just even, yeah, there's maternal behaviour scores we tag and weigh at birth. And that's associated to the sire and the dam. Then she's given a maternal behaviour score on that day as well. Yeah, that's judged from as us as an operator goes over to the lamb, picks it up, tags it, weighs it. That's how she reacts around us, whether she's pretty well right next to us or whether she's a bit hesitant but sort of backs off five, six metres. So we record that. Because that all influences on... Maternal behaviour, yeah, whether she's distracted. and So that's just one day. <laughs> but then you've got all your weaning weights, your post-weaning weights, your early post-weaning weights. and Then, yeah, your fat and muscle. Fat and muscle, scrotals. Scrotal circumference. Yeah, it goes on. The year wears out pretty quickly and that is all fed in. And when those results come back, you've got individual traits on all those animals which are then put into one particular index. We don't tend to look at the index that much, but we look at the individual traits. Another innovation from sheep genetics would be the last six months. It's been ongoing. It's been coming in for the last two or three years is the reproduction traits. And they've actually, instead of having just one trait of number of lambs weaned, because there's lots of factors that determine that number of lambs weaned, and now they've got it into three components, which is conception, litter size, and new rearing ability. It actually looks, and we as a seed stock producer have been using that tool since three or four years now the sheep has to get in it's got to be conceived it has to have a reasonable litter it doesn't matter whether it has one two three or four but it's the ewe rearing ability of that ewe that will give you an indication of how her performance as a maternal breed so she can have three she can rear none which is a complete and utter waste of all our resources in feeding that ewe in allocating her a special paddock and that she rears zero, whereas you have a balance of ewes that conceive, they can have three as long as they rear three, and they have two as long as they rear two. So we are really honing in on that, and we think that's a really important tool to have within our seed stock. The introduction of that new, the weaning rate, is taking at that guesswork that the NLW had with it. The NLW wasn't as accurate as weaning rate. As a stud, it's so much easier to just look at accurate data to make it a selection decision. So what's next on the bucket list in terms of ag tech? It sounds like the auto drafter and maybe a pregnancy scanning crate. We'll always get someone else in to preg scan, but a panel reader will be the next big thing. We could use that in more than just a scanning crate, I'm sure. Well, with, with an introduction at mandatory mandating EID in the next five years, so we'll have to probably have a panel reader in just to collect data on our commercials more so. So that's probably the next thing too is commercial collection of data with our scanner. And I think the scanner is integral in our production side of things with our commercial. And we make sure we've got good scanners who are, there's nothing worse than driving around a single paddock and seeing multiple sets of twins. It's a single is a single and a twin's a twin and a triplet's a triplet. So scanner, but actually having that data collected at that point and then tracking through her lifetime as well. You made an interesting statement before when we were having a cuppa 
just something that Jason Trump from MLA mentioned. Yeah, Jason, scanning, because I think that's besides condition scoring, scanning is probably one of the biggest game changers. And Jason just brings it home too. He said he quoted here that 50% don't scan at all of commercial. This is nationwide. 50% don't scan at all, 25% wet and dry only, 25% do multiples. And of that, about 80% differentially manage those into singles and twins. So hence he's saying that only 20% of Australia's flock has their nutrition tailored to their requirements. Gosh, it's just amazing. It's a simple tool to have and yet it makes such a difference to your lamb survivability but also managing twins different to singles. When you're actually weaning, those twins come off as good as your singles. There's no tail in those twins. We've, you've allocated the best feed to them and they perform. Yeah, it just tightens up so much in your operation. There's a, a bit of an old saying, and I don't know what the reaction I'll get from a couple of seed stock producers, but 90% of the breeding of an animal goes down its throat. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to have, as a seed stock producer, would probably say, Jack, that you've got to have the genetics as well to reach that full potential. But it is, if you can allocate the feed to those requirements, it will drive those twins and singles. I mean, I can't believe that people don't scan because you're running singles in a mob of Twinners and you're at dry time. We've all been through a dry time. They're just dead wood in the business. Previous guest on the podcast, Andrew Charlton, suggested that I ask you guys about the gap between performance tested animals and measured animals and those that aren't. It's such a good question. And I think change is never good. A lot of people don't like change. So if you've been buying sheep from a non performance tested flock and they've been performing, and you don't compare yourself or don't measure, it's fine. Like, that's fine. It's an individual choice for people to take on. So if you actually start wanting to drive a business where you've got a younger person coming onto the farm or someone who's chosen interest and you've got to actually make dollars that cover the debt and extracting the most from your business. So that's when we didn't initiate change. And I think that gap would close. People have different reasons for farming. But if you're driving a business, you'll find that most of those people would fill that gap. Yeah, and just hearing some of the issues in farming at the minute like you know your labor shortages and things like that and that rising cost of inputs i think that if you have genetically performance tested sheep you don't have sheep that aren't unproductive you really make maximizing what you're putting into them you're maximizing what you get out like you're not putting your time and things you know like your drenches or fly preventatives or stuff like that on sheep that aren't performing the sheep that you have you know that they are going to make you a return so you're not wasting your inputs or time. As we're sort of wrapping things up now, so what direction do you see the ag tech industry going in? Yeah, do you think there's a market gap somewhere? I think the biggest ag tech innovation coming will be measuring intramuscular fat and shear force in meat. People will want to be willing to pay for meat, but they just don't want to get bad meat. That'll be the biggest ones coming in and I think it'll be the most profitable for meat producers. So that'll be a good ag tech innovation coming up. Bloody good answer, mate. I like that one. <laughs> Didn't even roast Jenny, Jenny and I have got our mouths open at that one. <laughs> oh. and, and obviously, even, and going, even to sheep handlers and stuff like that, that's good ag tech innovation. Yeah, it is. Just with labour and yeah, the way that it is. Yeah, labour and ease of doing it. Yeah. Ageing workforce of farmers that are going to need a bit of hand, whether that's mechanical or, yeah, otherwise. Yeah. 
Anyone else trying to drench borderless to use will know what it's like. They've <laughs> <laughs> got no bend in them, do they? But <laughs> big stiff things. Dorsets and all those big breeds. But and mine would be. I think there's probably not so much that innovation lack. There's probably the extension to actually use what we've got. There's a big gap in there from. EID collection of data to actually on a commercial sense and then driving that within the commercial sense as to how do I use all that information I've got. There lies a huge gap within the industry at the moment. I don't know whether we've already covered it, but in that little question, because that's some really good answers there, but usually for my final question, sorry, I like to ask what the big issue just generally in the Australian ag industry is that you guys see. I think it's resistance, whether it be in worms in sheep or you know, flies with sheep or whether it's resistance to weeds in cropping rotations, especially those that are becoming resistant to Roundup. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, but it is certainly a big issue and I think that's a huge issue facing us. Aside from that, it would have to be foot and mouth disease or lumpy skin. Just getting onto that resistance one, you guys are worm resistance testing here? Yeah, we just had our results back last week and we've fared pretty well. Everything's still working here at the minute. And what did that involve? To do a drench resistance test, you have to have wieners with a worm egg count higher than 200 and you have to keep them separate. You can't treat them until you're ready to do the test. And so we did a worm egg test before the test took place and I think they were about 950 to 1,000. So they had plenty of worms. And the drenches that we tested were tridectin, cytectin, StarTech, Avamec Jewel and Nilverm. And we had the option to test some of the newer drenches. We opted against it because we haven't used them here and they were pretty confident they should work. So we had 60 lambs and 10 got done with Tridectin, 10 got done with Cytectin, 10 with StarTech, 10 with Avamec Jewel, 10 with Nilverm and the others 10 were just a control group. We did that, they were all run together and then we had the test collected from each different group and the results came back at... Uh, the Nilverm was 99% effective, the StarTech was 98% effective, and the rest were around that 95% effective. So pretty pleasing results then. Very pleasing for us, <laughs> yeah. You've um, got a few more years of some of the cheaper drenches up your sleeve. Manage them the best we can to try and keep that effectiveness about the drenches, so yeah. Yeah, good. Thanks for sharing that. And Jenny, what's your big take on the ag industry? Big take on the <laughs> ag industry. And only one word. No, I've got a few. Uh, well, while Jack's been explaining, Jenny's been scribbling down furiously. This, this podcast could last a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm never short of words. But um, labour, of course, market access to overseas markets, red meat industry, animal health and welfare which is you throw in musing and uh, absolutely, not only musing, but it's pain relief. And, and what you mentioned before about the carbon stuff, like that's probably... Yeah, and carbon footprint. We'll always have forces working against us, but we've just got to work through it and yeah, adapt and adopt and keep changing to make the most of it. That's a really good way to finish the podcast. So, guys, thanks for having me so much out here at New Armatry and thanks for being on the Seeds for Success podcast. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ron. This episode was produced as part of Central West Local Land Services' ADAPT project through funding from the Australian Government's National Land Care Program. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Central West Local Land Services. Local Land Services delivers advice and support to farmers, landholders and the community across New South Wales. To learn more, you can find us online by searching for Central West Local Land Services. 
If you'd like more information about the topics we discussed today, as well as links to relevant articles, fact sheets, events, and other helpful resources, we've added those into the show notes for this episode. You can find them by tapping or swiping over the cover art in your podcast player now. Hey, and while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other farmers find the show. I'm your host, Narily Brennan, and I'll chat to you next time. Thank you.